0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the 17th preview podcast here for the Bad Coyote Funky podcast. This evening with me, I have the bearded Menace Dave, you, and TV's Casey. Hey! And I'm, of course, your host for the evening, Booster Greg. Uh, We're doing, we're doing, kind of giving you guys a little bit of a treat this week. Uh, We're doing back-to-back movie club. Back to back movie club. Back to back movie club. Mostly because nothing has really happened last week. So, or this so we got to
1: watch more movies again.
2: Oh yeah, man! Yeah. What? What did our fans do to deserve such
0: a great treat? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, apparently sabotaged the entire industry, so nothing would happen these past these uh, these two weeks. Of course, we all know that. Um, Metal Gear Solid 5 is coming out on Tuesday. However, we're going to give us a couple weeks. Let us play it. Let us sink our teeth into it. And we'll come back at you with a podcast themed around stealth games and Metal Gear Solid. Um, and next week, we probably are going to do another movie, but you'll have to wait and see. But for now, it's my pick on Movie Club. As you guys know, Movie Club is something we do when. Things kind of run up dry, so we get to watch our movie, whether it be a considered a cult classic, a science fiction classic, or just a more recent film that we think will be considered a classic years down the line. So, I ended up choosing the hit 2015 British science fiction thriller, Ex Machina. For those of you who don't know, Ex Machina is a British science fiction thriller written by Alex Garland, who and directed by him as well. And he is fun fact he actually co-wrote the video game Enslaved and Odyssey to the West. And if you guys have not played that, I highly recommend it. It was actually on a, a humble bundle. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, they, they featured that and we actually had that article on com. It's a fantastic game, um post-apocalyptic, but not how you describe. I'll let you guys dive into that on your own time. And if time. you
2: love a uh, if you love a good collectathon, yeah. That is one for the ages.
0: Yeah. Um also in this movie, it is starring Bill Weasley. Which is awesome. Uh, He was actually also in a similar... Yeah, he was in a similarly themed um, episode of Black Mirror, which I know is something I I talk about every once in a while. But it is a fantastic uh, British TV show about how we as a society depend too much on technology and the dangers of that that can happen. Um, We also have Alicia Vikander... And I'm sure I'm butchering that last name. But uh, she's actually in The Man From U.N.C.L.E., which is her most recent kind of role. Nothing really else too, too much that I noticed that really jumped out at me. Uh, but she's definitely pretty sexy. Pretty nice looking, nice looking la- lady there. Um, and also Oscar Isaac is in it as well. And uh, for those of you who don't know Oscar Isaac, he is going to be Apocalypse. In the new upcoming X-Men Apocalypse movie
2: And if you're drinking the haterade about that movie He's Ivan Ooze He's Ivan Ooze <laughs> did, we,
1: did, did we have to go there? Do we Did you really have to go there? Always.
2: Anytime somebody says Apocalypse in this new movie now It's going to be the first thing I say <laughs> Ivan Ooze <laughs> um,
0: Actually fun fact about Guys
2: and uh, girls, girls and guys Gather around and feast your Sorry Yeah thanks, <laughs> thanks Dave
0: uh, Good thing I didn't choose Power Rangers this, this time Actually that might be next time It'd be another movie club, Power Rangers movie. Um, but it would have to be Turbo, Power Rangers Turbo, a Power Rangers movie.
2: I was gonna say, wait, is that the one where they turn into ninjas? Yeah,
0: that's a that's the the first Power Rangers movie. Nice. Um, also, fun fact about Alex Garland is he wrote the Dread screenplay,
2: <gasps> and twenty eight days later. Well, he's a man of some s- no small talent. Mm. <laughs> And apparently on
0: his uh, or his IMDb, it says he also wrote The Beach, which is interesting. But it says novel in parentheses, so I don't know if he wrote the novel that it was based off you, of. You know or what? You what? F- oh, he did. Yeah. You know what he did for it to mention about
1: Oscar? Oscar Isaac.
0: What? He's gonna be
1: in Star Wars episode.
0: He's gonna be Star Wars episode seven with Mark Hamill. With hey, Mark Hamill, everyone. Hey. Mark Hamill. Not, we did not, it, Mark Hamill. We're not required to say Mark Hamill on, on previews we yeah, are well, now I, we are now we are now i'm okay. gonna make it, it a requirement we're, damn we're it. making that a thing we should just have like a mark hamill yep podcast. we should just try to get mark hamill on the podcast <laughs> sound bite <laughs> dear mr hamill just, did you
2: know that we say your name in a fashion every week sometimes twice a week on our show
0: <laughs> we reference you or one yeah, of the well, characters you've portrayed in some way shape or form every week if you could just send us um a uh, you saying these list of things in a high audio quality, we would appreciate it. Thanks. And then it's just him singing our theme song. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Um. So back to X Machina. So back to Ex Machina, <laughs> We're off on our tangents. There was like, focus, guys, focus, and tangents. Um. <laughs> so it's actually it's got a very interesting. I was watching the trailer for it. I have not seen this movie. I know Surge has. Um, but everyone who's seen it that I know personally has said that i have to watch it that it's a fantastic and that i will love it um so it's essentially based on the trailer it's about uh caleb who's a programmer who's who's portrayed by bill weasley i would say his real name but i kind of just like saying him as bill weasley uh and it's more funny for the kids like you know a wizard is now a programmer um but anyways, he's a programmer. He works for this, like, huge company that's kind of like Google slash Apple slash, you know, whatever Silicon Valley mega giant you like best. And um, he gets to go meet the, the company's head who no one like, gets to meet. Not even the president of the United States can meet this guy. The Willy Wonka of this world. Yeah, if you so will. it's very Willow Wonka y, like the beginning. It's just like, you know, you've and they even say in the trailer, you've got the golden ticket. So they reference that. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh, so they're not hiding that at all. They're definitely heavily heavily, heavily referencing it. Um so he goes, and he kind of, like, hangs out, and, you know, they're kind of buddy-buddy for a while, and he's like, yeah, you know, like, let's just drop this whole, you know, employer-employee dynamic we have going on. Let's just hang out, and they have some drinks, they have some dinner, and then Oscar Isaac, who plays the company's head, is just like, I want to show you something really cool, and then he brings him downstairs to meet Ava, um, who is this she's she's like an android but she looks kind of like she has like a human face and the rest of it is just like look at the picture it's really cool kind of creepy looking and the whole thing is or as oscar isaac is kind of talking about it he says he wants to like identify you know how people work in conjunction with machines and like the fact that bill weasley knows this is a machine does that make him less likely to become attached or more likely to come attached and the fact that she has such a human face how that kind of plays into it and then there's this whole kind of like murder thriller dynamic that kind of comes into play where um, i think i know what the big twist at the end of it is but i don't know if i want to say it don't say it it's really obvious though
2: yeah like Sixth Sense obvious or Lady in the Water obvious or I mean, I th- other
0: Shyamalan movies so obvious? Like, like like Sixth Sense wasn't obvious to me until like you know after you see it and you go back you watch you're like, oh yeah huh. you know, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Um but like yeah, the village was a twist I saw coming a mile away. I'm not sure if the happening. I'm pretty did sure everyone saw twist. that coming from like the opening credits. I saw it coming from Sigourney Weaver's terrible terrible accent. Yeah. Um but it just seems very obvious, and and I don't know. Like, I hope it doesn't detract from the movie at all. Because, like, again, everyone has had nothing but good things to say about it, so I'm super pumped to see it. I just hope it's not a matter of one of those, like, you know, it's gotten ruined for me because it's got so much hype.
2: Yeah, I can definitely understand that.
0: But this this isn't like a new idea, right? Like, and it looks like Bill Weasley kind of starts ended up like kind of developing some sort of feelings towards this robot and, and i mean it, it's kind of a ro- romantic way
2: but definitely on a on a personal caring level and that's this movie sounds like it's halfway between 1984 and metropolis kind of kind of um
0: it's definitely it has interesting visuals too like there's a lot of because uh, you the this guy the, the nathan the company's head played by oscar isaac lives in the middle of the woods. He lives in the middle of nowhere. But when you get inside of his house, um, it's more, and he says it, it's more of like a laboratory. It has a very, like, heavy man-made feel to it, which is a contrast to its surrounding environment. So it's a lot of, it looks like, you know, nature versus man in terms of, I guess, mentality. You know, this thing is man-made, can... Can you end up loving it as much as you would love another human being? Or is the fact that it, it, a machine detract from that? So I'm definitely pumped to jump into it. And there's definitely been a lot of movies that have kind of, I don't know, like had that same kind of theme over the years. Like most recently I, I can think of as the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and Black Widow herself, Scarlett Johansson oh yeah i forgot about that movie that was more like you know oh, yeah <laughs> and that, that, that's like a more interesting one too because joaquin phoenix fell in love with a voice on the phone right so he doesn't even have the luxury of having a humanoid standing in front of him to develop feelings for but i think a lot of it was his well that could yeah that could happen yeah yeah absolutely i was I mean, with siri for a while oh my god i don't even want to know about that dave uh, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> no, Siri, tell it.
2: me what you want me to do. Yeah, like, what you want me to do? What's wrong, Siri? What's going on? You don't. You don't like me anymore. Why don't you talk? Didn't Didn't they Didn't they like dial down Siri's sassometer Because you'd be like Siri, like make me a sandwich, and then she'd be like, "Okay, you're a sandwich." Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. If Mike. Mike had a woman hitting you with those Alice Cramden quips. <laughs>
0: I kind of like you know when when AIs get sassy. It yeah, does. I think it's a lot of fun. Like um, Skeets, and yeah, he is super sassy. Uh, Knight
2: Rider. Yeah, Kit from Knight Rider. Kit from um, Knight Rider. And you know what? What came to mind? The uh, the robots like Hal. Tars from. Uh, well, Hal doesn't really get sassy. Hal is just kind of like like all right. So I'm this is the thing that that's can't happening. Do that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that bearded menace. <laughs> I was about to say
1: we gotta get this a soundbite, so whenever I say something like that, I usually say yeah. we can't we can't say that, Dave. Yeah. We can't no, broadcast
2: uh, that, Dave. Uh Taurus from um uh what's that Christopher Nolan movie? Come on, where they're Interstellar. Oh yeah. Those robots oh, were yeah. were awesome. Yeah, they and were. they keep like there's even a scene in the movie where he has to dial down the, the comedy meter. Twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talk about, like, you don't expect any comedy
0: to be in, like, a Christopher Nolan movie, especially one that takes place in deep space. And with
2: the stuff that goes on there yeah. with Matt Damon, it's like, whoo, hey, yeah,
0: yikes. Was... And it's funny, too, because it's just, like, in that movie, you're like, I don't remember Matt Damon being in the commercials. It's like, oh, that's why.
2: And then they made a sequel where they send him to Mars.
0: And they expect a different outcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so a big crux of this movie is a guy falling in love with a robot. Kinda, I can
0: I, I can kind of mesh with that. I don't, I don't know if he falls in love with it so much. At, I mean, she flirts with him, and then in the trailer, he gets very confrontational with um, Apocalypse. And he's just like, why don't we just do that for now? Whenever like, we have someone in a movie that's kind of not so well-known, let's just use a character name for them.
2: <laughs> they yeah. make
0: for a very interesting visual. I'm so Bill Weasley works for Apocalypse, who created Google. And Apocalypse invited him over... To his Wonka mansion and to show off his new lady robot toy, um, but he gets he is very confrontational with with Oscar Isaac, and he's just like, "Did you program her to flirt with me and stuff like that?" And there's a whole, I get a vibe of like, what's the difference between humanity and and robots, you know, and because it, it's a very self aware AI. So, I know, it looks interesting. It looks pretty cool. So did you guys hear about that? Like, it's
1: was, I only saw it on Reddit, like, in one post, but, like, everyone else is posting it on Facebook, so I'm not, I'm not sure if it's, like, true or not, but, like, apparently, like, there's, like, this MIT robot that kind of is, like, self-aware now, and it says it's going to put people into a giant, like, people zoo or something like that when it gets the chance.
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, we are pretty interesting creatures. <laughs>
1: That's why. No, but it's, like... I saw it all over I saw it all over which is like the weird thing. That's why I'm like debating if it's true or not. I saw it all over Facebook first and the people that are posting are friends are I wouldn't go so far as say friends, but uh people <laughs> that are, post they are people that I know. <laughs> people that I know that post like the weirdest shit like, you know, on August twenty fifth we're gonna see two moons, you know, those people. Yeah. That post that stuff. Yeah. So I saw it there first and I saw it on Reddit and it's like, Oh well if Reddit has it. Maybe it's there, there's some truth
0: behind it. Maybe. That one person who considers themselves your best friend on Facebook is like, wait, I posted that article. I, sh- I shared that. Mean? We're not friends.
2: Actually, it was, it was Sergio. Oh, <laughs> He's very upset that uh-oh. he couldn't be here to hear it. Uh,
0: this is what happens when you leave us alone. Um, <laughs> There's no Dave mute button. I can say anything. <laughs> and, it's, and it's... I mean, yeah, I can still take it out and post. Sucker. <laughs> um... But it's Shut like, up, you're not my real dad. Or am I? It's those reasons why I, I always thank Siri after she looks things up to me, for me. Or if, like, I go in my car, and my car has, like, a little voice in it, too, where I can, like, hook in the Bluetooth and stuff like that, and I'll always say thank you.
2: Doesn't, just uh, doesn't, in case. Win- Windows 10 has it now, too, right?
0: Cortana. Cortana. Cortana.
2: Yeah, because to use on it.
0: the Windows phone.
2: <laughs> but, that's, but that's totally named after the thing from Halo, Halo right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah of course, absolutely. yeah okay like that's not it's not just some weird coincidence they're totally just like this is a no, thing that we did and, no no no
1: because like Xbox is part of Microsoft more or less and Cortana it just makes more it makes this, it makes sense
0: I mean definitely more so than less because that's like their number one profitable thing right now pretty much uh, they're giving Windows away for free so they're obviously not making money off that anymore <laughs> um, but it was interesting too I think is it's kind of like a little dig at Apple because a little known fact about Halo is it was originally supposed to be a Mac ex- Mac exclusive
2: that seems hard to do. Yeah, you yeah. don't really consider a Macintosh a platform for uh, games. games, right? <laughs> but,
0: I mean, now you don't, know. but at the time it was one of the most advanced computer systems. You know, it was definitely one of the first to have a lot of different kinds of, kinds of fonts and more customizable, made more user friendly, and um, gaming was an avenue that was going to be taken. And then I think it was I think Steve Jobs just doesn't like really didn't like video games or something like that, so he just kind of like forget it.
2: <laughs> Buy so me another turtleneck. Up. Not a Game Boy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then Microsoft just, like, swooped it up, and, you know, history was made with the Xbox. There you go. Because they needed an exclusive for Xbox.
1: I was about to say, imagine if Halo never, ever, ever was on Xbox. It never would have gone anywhere. Yeah. I know people who purchased an Xbox specifically for Halo after they played at someone's house. Wow. Hmm. Because it's like, it, it really did, back in the day, like... Changed like it, it changed first person shooters forever. You oh, know sure, to the point yeah. where now like most f- first person shooters nowadays model like the Halo play style or like model like the, the Halo control style. You know oh, Even yeah. to the point where like games afterwards were copying Halo in certain ways, like a health bar that regenerates, mm-hmm. you know, or being being able to like hit people with your like gun and whatnot. It's like it yeah. So it just makes me wonder like what did would it, have happened if it never it? came out.
2: Did it pioneer the the whole no actual health bar it's just a red splotch on the side of your screen thing I don't know I want to well, say it might have the, but I don't the know the
1: first halo did have a health bar first halo did have a health bar oh. I, I remember and it yeah it had the first halo had a health bar and I think it had like little health packs also and then like halo 2 got rid of the
0: whole health bar thing and it just gave you like the uh, overshield mm-hmm. I don't know I just remember it being prevalent in call of duty that was the first time I remember it actually noticing that and then call of duty took off so everyone kind of stole that like the control scheme even halo they made that a um oh yeah that's right I forgot yeah about that. an option that you could do where you can change it to a more in halo 4 a more call of duty themed control scheme because everyone's used to that now i mean like call of duty is a huge titan even now when it's kind of going downhill um it's still a huge titan in the first person shooter world and you know borderlands adopted that um I think Darkness Two kept more of a Halo kind of theme, um, but uh, any other like I think Bulletstorm kept the Call of Duty kind of scheme going on. So it's really interesting to see like you know what makes the industry industry standard doesn't necessarily have to be first in the industry. Right. You can just kind of adapt everything later. Um. So keep it in the vein back to the vein of Ex Machina. Um, what's Your what's your guy's favorite kind of uh science fiction tale involving caught you
2: know caution with with
0: robotics and artificial intelligence? Uh,
2: well, I think it's really tough to beat 2001. Yeah. Hal Hal kind of sets the bar for um, you know a, a computer gone rogue, or even not really rogue. I mean, he's fo- he's just following his directive to the letter, you know, with with blatant disregard for the value of human life. Oh yeah, you know, a mission to Jupiter. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> you know, um, and you you know it, it gets to the point where even though you know he starts out completely placid, and you you know once he's Throwing dudes out of airlocks and trying to, you know, kill the last of the two guys. Um, you know, he he knows how to sing. I mean, it's he becomes oddly sympathetic despite everything that he's done. Um, but not quite a movie. My personal favorite um, involvement with a with a, an AI and intelligence is Portal.
0: Yes, perfect.
2: Uh, it's it's kind of a cheaty answer because you know any any gamer worth their salt has played both games mm-hmm. they've they've gotten you know way deep into half-life you know if you know even if or even if they haven't i mean most people have just played portal just to play it yeah. cuz it's it's quick and easy and the second one really takes it to another level um but things like just the development of gladys's character the revelation of her origin you know as as much as we know it and even even little jokey things like the the personality cores. Yeah. Um, it's just a. It's really great to see a kind of dynamic where a computer does all the talking, and you're a silent human protagonist who just kind of has to, like, learn to understand, bask, and deal with this.
0: Mm. And it's it's also interesting is the artificial intelligence is seemingly more human than you are.
2: Yeah, and because it- you don't
0: emote. Exactly, yeah. You you go through these obstacles, these gruel this grueling gauntlet of, you know, using gravity to your benefit and physics and, you know, all this stuff and not a peep comes out of your character the whole time. Um, even when you're promised cake and then promptly taken away, <laughs> taking it away. About to be incinerated. Or even when you develop uh, an intense emotional attachment to a pink box and then you have to incinerate it in order to move on.
2: Everybody loves that Companion Cube.
0: <laughs> Did you hear the, um, the, you know, like, what's inside the Companion Cube?
2: Another test subject. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's so messed stuff. Yeah.
2: Well, they got to weigh it down somehow, right? <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> um,
0: what about you, Dave?
1: It's between either Terminator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because Terminator really basically, you know, with Skynet and just... Yeah, saw humans as the enemy. And The Matrix. Yeah, The Matrix is a solid
0: one.
2: Just the first movie, yeah.
1: Yeah, Matrix is really solid. Yeah, just the first
2: one. Do uh, do you subscribe to the fan theory that The Matrix is, in its own way, a sequel to Terminator? You know what?
1: Me and my buddies made a joke about that after we saw Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Like... Because I think Rise of the Machines and the Matrix Evolutions and all that shit came out around the same time.
2: Yeah, like 2006, 2005.
1: Yeah, yeah like around there. And, like, uh, I remember we, wa- we all snuck into Terminator 3. I don't even know why because we could have paid for it, but we just decided to sneak in. And we snuck in. We watched it. And, you know, it, it sucked. But then we walked out and we're like, hey, guys, that's how the Matrix starts. Ah! And then, <laughs> yeah. Then we promptly punched the guy who said that. And then um, <laughs> we
2: got on with our lives.
1: Pretty much, yeah. But you no, know, it's, it's, it's really between those two because in the, the Terminator, there's this whole thing where they created these machines to protect them, but then the machines turned on them once they realized they couldn't control it anymore, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the Matrix, at least before, at least in the original Matrix, before like the Animatrix and Matrix Reloaded and um, Matrix Evolutions came out, like you never really knew why, there was a, how a war started between... AI and man. You just know that man created AI.
2: And it, and it almost didn't matter because it was so long ago. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's like, it's almost like they forgot how, but all they know is like they're, the machines are using them as a power source, you know? And it's like, in a way, it's like, who's really the bad guy in that movie? The humans trying to break out all the other humans from the Matrix? Or the machines who are growing these humans giving them giving them a world they can properly survive in? You know? So it's like, it comes to the whole thing like who's the good guy who's really the bad guy you know in essence like the rebel like Neo and the rebels are the bad guys because they're trying to break all the humans into a world where it's like they can hardly live in anymore you know and the way the machines could be the bad guy because they're in saving humanity but at the same time they're the good guys because they're growing humans and keeping them in this world where they're pretty much safe and protected to a degree sure yeah so hmm. so yeah
0: how about you Greg for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat at my own question. It's not, um Superman. In the what com- in the comics? I think Brainiac is the worst. Brainiac, A- yeah, He's kind of taken over.
2: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I almost thought you were just gonna say animated series where he is responsible for Krypton's destruction.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, just Brainiac in general is just like, just the worst. Gosh, like he's just like either causes the destruction or doesn't find the information valuable enough on that planet to let it live.
2: He also does one thing that I don't think any other villain has really replicated, and that's stealing entire cities for preservation. Right? (laughs) I don't think I've... Really? I've never seen that done a second time. Really? That's actually kind of cool. I
1: didn't know that.
0: Ever heard of the Lost City of Kandor? Nope. That was on Krypton. It was um one of the
2: capitals, probably. I th- I believe it's the capital, or if the not capital, like, cri- yeah. or if if not like Kryptonopolis or something.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it pretty much it's it's like the I don't know what do you would say from like the New the, York City the, here,
2: the, the New York City of Krypton.
0: Yeah. And Brainiac just shrinks it, puts it in a bottle, takes it up with him in space. The uh, you know lets everything kind of explode on its own.
2: Yeah, he's got a microcosm of a dead society. Yep.
0: And many, many of them as well. Not just from Krypton, but from many other places. Um, which would be interesting if he ever met up with the Collector. That yeah. Would, that'd be pretty cool.
2: <laughs> what would you give me, Brainiac, for <laughs> one of your cities?
0: <laughs> Imagine if Brainiac got the Infinity Gauntlet.
2: Oh, yeah. Do- oh, I don't know if he could use it. I mean, I guess machines, would, a machine like him would have willpower, right? D- d- doesn't he have, like
0: now, doesn't he have some, like, you know, like vision? Like he's uh, he's... He's made of like flesh now.
2: Well, in the in the comics, he's always been an alien. Yeah, uh, like a Kaluan, yeah. I believe it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so that always confused it, me too, because like I felt like in the comics, it, it was always mixed with Brainiac. Like sometimes he was an alien, sometimes he was an AI, or sometimes he was just in a robot suit.
2: Well, yeah, because when you imagine him from the comics, um, if you're like me, your first instinct is not green skin, three dots on the forehead. Exactly, it's, it's the silver thing from fucking like Super Friends. Yep. Oh, wait, no, Super no. green, too. Huh. I guess I'm just thinking of the George Perez, like, robot-looking one.
0: I'm thinking of, like, in, um, kind of, what was it, Ed McGinnis and Jeff Lobron, where they, like, whenever Eck would show up, he was in, like, you know, pre-rendered 3D.
2: Oh, you know, I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, they, that was for, a, like, a long time. And he upgraded uh, Metropolis uh- to Metropolis 2.0.
1: I mean, all I got is like the Brainiac, Man at Batman. I mean, the no, Superman animated series. That's all I got.
2: Yeah, yeah. I he's, mean, you know what? If you're gonna pick one, he's he's fairly definitive. Yeah, he has that Corey Burton monotone.
1: Yeah, he has no awesome. emotion. And all he cares about is like protecting knowledge, and the more that's what I always liked about him. It's like he's not necessarily doing anything bad. He's like kind of falls in a gray area. He's there to protect knowledge and keep knowledge valuable. And doesn't matter how he keeps it valuable, he just keeps it valuable. So it's not that bad in a twisted sort of way.
2: Hey, the last time we see him, he's taking on Apocalypse, the the world, oh, with Darkseid, not yeah, uh, yeah. the X-Men guy. Not sorry. Yeah, so he's, he's almost single-handedly taking down one of good. Superman's greatest enemies. Yeah. Really? Just just for just for pursuit of knowledge, because this is a race <laughs> of you know, Apocalypse and New Genesis are they're planets with basically the next stage of gods. Like they uh they come from after a Ragnarok of, of something like Norse gods. They're like the like the next generation. So, you know, for a guy like Brainiac who lives in a world where Kryptonians have what you would imagine is godlike strength, and he's going up against guys who consider themselves gods, it's you know, that is some knowledge just to, to take away.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, he's so selfish, but he's like, he's, I don't know, it's, it's so weird to put your thumb on Brainiac. He's just, he's evil, but he's not. He just wants to maintain, he wants to keep like a, he's like a, a crazy librarian. Yes, that is the perfect way to put it. He just wants to maintain everything, keep everything as perfect as he can. And if in the case of Krypton, where it was a doomed civilization, he just took a sample of it and preserved it, you know, for for knowledge sake, but never really thought to use his knowledge that he has to save the planet itself.
2: They they make a wonderful point in the story. Superman Red Sun where superman his his one like agony the one thing he agonizes over is that he can't change the size of the bottled city of Kandor, because out of all of brainiac's knowledge and every single database he he's ever looked through there he has no reason to come up with a way to enlarge a city because he only <laughs> ever planned on keeping them for preservation yeah you know
0: <laughs> didn't think that one through
2: no just it, like it's just oh it's per it's so perfect
0: I mean, yeah, I I struggle to think of any other because you guys came up with with such good like every such good examples like anything from the Matrix to Glados. It's
2: just e- all... even uh, even I mean, if you consider like robots in Dragon Ball, I mean, they're always very cool. They have interesting motivations. Cell is technically a robot, I guess. Heck, as we already talked about, I brought the name Cortana from Halo. Yeah, there you
1: go. Yeah, she's cool. Um... I-, I was sad. I was sad at the end of
0: Halo Four. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Well,
1: like I you know everyone else like, I know a lot, a lot of my friends thought the game was like shit, but I was like, I felt like shit for like four days afterwards. Like I, I just, I didn't play games for, like, I didn't play anything for like that four day period just because I was so fucked up over Cortana.
2: Truly heartbroken, this and, man.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, man. I was like, oh god, like I was like, she's gone. She's been here since like the first game. She always protected Two, me. 2001. Yeah, she always protected me. Now she's gone. Who's going to protect Master Chief now? What the hell?
0: Yeah. Um, I just had an example and I lost it. God damn you, Dave. <laughs> God damn you <laughs> Um, I
2: mean, like, AI has
0: just kind of been everywhere no matter what. I think it's just like the... The idea of a being that man has created that surpasses them in logic but the logic ends up being twisted through the fallacies of the rules set by man so like I really like and the movie wasn't that great but I really like Alan Tudyk's, uh robot that he played in iRobot It was very like humanizing very like oh, yeah. you know like he was he knew he was a robot and he knew the rules that he had to follow but like he can. He, he was given the option to be able to ignore those rules. And when he did so, it didn't have the effect that you would think like the the main big AI had in the movie where it was just like, I'm going to, you know, you guys kill each other. Therefore, in order to save you, I'm just going to kill all of you because it's just more efficient that way.
2: To save you, I must kill you. Exactly.
0: He, Alan Tudyk's robot, I can't remember his, the, his name in it, if he even had one, like understood. He, he had the the ability of empathy, which the other, the master AI did not have. Um, so it's just interesting to kind of see that turned on its head where it's like a machine that understands humans and chooses to protect them and chooses to try to communicate with them and better understand instead of just killing them all.
2: You know what? That almost brings it full circle to our first movie club with, uh, you know, the, the androids from aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bishop, yep. Yeah. Bishop is just like that. He completely understands, but he's willing to crack a joke and you know even kind of fuck around with them. Like when he plays Five Finger Fillet. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> what's interesting too about the I want to open up a restaurant and
1: call it Five Finger Fillet.
0: <laughs> uh, what's interesting you about
1: just give me the idea. Yeah, a...
0: Well, I was going to say what's interesting. What is... <laughs> okay. Thank you, dude. <laughs> uh, what's interesting about the the androids in and the Alien movies is they are. Their name corresponds to with what movie they're in, right? So the first one was Ash, A. Then we had Bishop. Um, then we had I don't remember who was the who was for C. Do you guys remember um, Winona? Winona Ryder.
2: No, she was in. She wasn't in the third one because the third one was in an all male prison. She was in the fourth one.
1: Oh my God! I about Alien Three. Holy shit! Yeah, you're right.
2: I, I don't rem- forgot about that. I don't remember there being one. I remember uh, in Alien Three, Bishop's in it, but he's like half dead because of the mm-hmm. crash. Mm-hmm. Bishop's you, just have been. All you're of probably. Them. You're probably. There's probably another one or something. You're probably right. But yeah, no. I guess that is that is pretty interesting.
0: And then, um, well, to, to kind of put it this way to you, the fourth one that we see is Michael Fassbender's, and his name is David.
2: Oh, so I guess it skips three then
0: maybe or maybe they someone was I don't know I'm gonna look into that see who the third android was because that that's like that is pretty interesting and that kind of for me I know we were talking about that during the alien movie club um that kind of solidifies uh you know Prometheus be taking place in the alien movie universe and being a prequel of sorts Yeah. um and with that, guys, we we've we're done. We got no time. Already? That's it. That's it. We're a little little over, actually. Fun never
1: stops, man. We're fun out. never
0: stops. As once we go on tangents about things that we don't want to talk about, but that's half of our charm, and that's why people keep on tuning in. And hopefully, tell your friends about. Um, yeah, like I said, that's it, guys. Tune in on Thursday night as we're going to be doing it live, and we'll have watched Ex Machina. And we'll be talking more in-depth, maybe about the movie, maybe about some tangents, maybe about some childhood memories.
2: And more robots! And more
0: robots. I like them robots. Robot! Um, until next time, we have TV's Casey. Hey! Dave, the theater, Benesville. Yo! And I'm Booster Greg. We will see you on Thursday, or we will see you never.
1: Hobot!